Hey everybody, my name is Anita Kirkbride of Torp Communications and this is Halablab, the show for small businesses in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Join me as I talk to businesses you may be following and some you might not have heard of yet. Hear stories from local business owners like you, how they started, where they're going, and of course, since I'm a social media consultant, how they're using social media. Take a moment to subscribe right now so you don't miss an episode, whether you're listening on Facebook, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, Halifax. Welcome back to the Halablab on, well, it's not raining and it's not snowing today, so yay for us. I still don't have my snow tires on. That's coming on Monday. Uh, I'm your host, Anita Kirkbride. Today, my guest is Sandra Curry-Sampson, who we're going to introduce in just a minute. Uh, if you're well watching live here on Facebook, please do let us know that you're here and interact with us. Ask questions. Tell us what you think about what we're saying, because we like to have that interaction when we can. If you're catching this uh, via the podcast, Come join us on live someday. It's a lot of fun on here when people start getting involved and asking us questions. You can see Hellablab live on Facebook at the Twerp Communications page every Friday afternoon at 1.30 p.m. Atlantic. So let me introduce my guest, Sandra Curry-Sampson. Sandra, who I've known for, I don't know, about two years now, probably, mm -hmm. I think. Um, over the years, Sandra's own learning has been a source of inspiration and transformation. She is dedicated to creating that experience for others. In her career as a learning and development consultant with a master's in education in studies of lifelong learning, she has designed and facilitated, facilitated training sessions for a wide variety of participants and industries. Some of her favorite topics to teach are powerful presentation skills, train the trainer and smarter thinking. She possesses in-depth knowledge of adult education and leverages this knowledge to provide learning opportunities that are engaging, relevant, and meaningful. Sandra is also an instructor in the Certificate of Adult Education program at the College of Continuing Education, Dalhousie University. Sandra's excitement for learning and teaching infectiously allows her to be an energetic and enthusiastic educator, trainer, and facilitator and she loves to help others be the same. And Sandra is my go-to person when I am trying to figure out what I need to do for a new workshop and how to put it together. So welcome, Sandra. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, it's great to be here this afternoon. Yeah, I still have. I've taken a couple of workshops from yeah. you, and I still have the very first folder. I should have pulled it out. The very yeah. first folder that you gave me with the outline of here's the things you need to do to build your course. And I still have the outline for that course that I've still never put together. <laughs> <laughs> That's the number one problem. Uh, it's, it's people stumble over. Uh, it's not that they don't want to have a course. They don't, it's not that they don't have the stuff to put in it. They just don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've outlined something and then just not done it. Why, why do you think that is? What is our problem? Why can't we just do it? You know, I think I think sometimes it's uh, fear um, that you are not uh, you don't have anything worthy to share. And I, I know most of your listeners do. And I think uh, we underestimate the amount of time that it takes to create a really good course or workshop. It does. It, yeah. it really does. Because you're, you're just outlining it. And then 
wow, creating the content and the handouts and the yes. take homes and the videos and yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. One of the industry guidelines when people, you know, um, when I'm working with certain clients, they'll ask me, you know, how long does it take to, to design a course? And I usually tell them, you know, if you're doing for every one hour of face-to-face -face time, it usually takes about 15 to 20 hours of development, like to get all your, I know people go, wow. But if you wow. think about it, getting your, your outline, your content, your activities, all the materials ready, prepped to go, it mm -hmm. takes about that much time. If you're doing online and you're recording video, you can add another maybe 15 to 20, like you can double it, right? right. Because video takes longer to, to perfect as well. So, you know, it, it is a time consuming activity. And I think that's what um, people, you know, get their outline and then they're going like, how am I going to do this? Right. And it's, it really, they underestimate the amount of time that it takes. Mm -hmm. Where, Okay, so let's back up before okay. specific questions. How did you get into this as a business? Oh, well, <laughs> that's a really good question. So my, uh, my, my background, uh, learning has always been important to me. And, uh, you know, teaching has become equally important. So when I, I, I started my career early on in, in, you know, in the early 90s in not for profit. And then I took time off to, to be a stay at home mom. And when I was coming back into saying, okay, what am I going to do now? I want I like to go back to work. I really wasn't sure what I was going to do. So I started back into the not-for-profit, which was fine, but I really was looking for more. And one of the things that I've always had on my bucket list was to do a certificate of adult ed. And I went back and I did that. And then I was encouraged from that to do my master's. And as I was completing my master's, I fell into some training, um, technology training and loved it. And I really, you know, all, all those three things really uh, passed, you know, fueled my passion for teaching. And when I, um, I had an opportunity to, uh, to take a, a really great contract and I needed a business number. So that's how I fell into owning my own business. I never started out saying, hey, I'm going to own a business, right? I just wanted to work and, and teach and train. And sent from there, it's just involved into this little, uh, you know, this this uh, you know, this thing that has a mind of its own. But I really love what I do. So it it's all makes it worthwhile. Yeah. So you really are an accidental business person. I am. I am an accidental <laughs> business person. I never thought I would own a business, but here I am. Yeah. I, I've told this story many times. I always swore I would never own a business. It's not that right. I thought I wouldn't. I swore I wouldn't mm. I own a business. I was never going to work in an agency. I was never going to be a teacher. There you go. And now look at And now here I am. And that's exactly what my business model is. So you just right. know how things are going to work out. Right. Yeah. Everything we do is moving us towards where we're supposed to be, right? That's right. I believe that's, I strongly believe that. Yeah. I believe that. Okay. So, so that's how you got to business. So tell us what, what is your business really? Like, what do you do on a daily basis to help people? What is right. it? You so a lot of my clients, um, you know, are entrepreneurs and they are uh, people like yourself. They're consultants. They are coaches and they want to design and have a course to offer to their clients. So it could be something that's like 
you know, I hear a lot, I want to have a course that's like my passive income. So it's up there and people just go in and sign up. And that's great. And I help people pull that information together. Um, some people want to do workshops, uh, lunch and learns for, for marketing purposes. And I help them just figure out what their content is going to be and how they can deliver it really efficiently with their audience. So that's one aspect of my business. The other aspect is working with smaller to uh, medium-sized businesses who may not have an in-house trainer, who may not, uh, you know, they have an H, they may have, they may or may not have HR, but you know, they they see opportunities for training. So I can go in and help them assess that, help them develop training, and then I offer a lot of training, different training programs as well. So those are sort of some of the things that I do. I also work with people that may have a training or a workshop or a course already developed. They may have been teaching it for a couple of years now, and they want a fresh set of eyes on it so mm -hmm. that they, you know, can get some good feedback about it and maybe update it as well for, for their clients. So where do you tell people to start? I want to do a course on yeah. um, how to make ice cubes. <laughs> right. So one of the things that, I, that I, I tell people is really to understand your why. Why you want to create that course. Because your course, uh, especially in your business, is an extension of your brand, is an extension of your subject matter expertise, and you want to make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. Uh, as we said, you don't want to start doing a course and then figure out, oh my gosh, I really don't like to teach or, and, or this is way too much work or it's not, a, it's not the right thing for my, for my business. So I always tell people, understand your why first, why you want to do this, because someday you're going to, you know, when you're developing your course, you're going to say, okay, why am I doing this? And then you can remind yourself, this is why, this is why it's important for you to unleash this to the world. And then the second thing that I tell people is that you need to understand what your audience wants, because there's no sense of having, you know, doing all that work on a course and you, you miss the mark. Right. One of the, one of the stories I can tell is that um, somebody approached me and she had spent hours and money to have a course developed and she uh, put it out there and no one signed up. And one of the things that was interesting to me is that her audience was for 50 plus, and yet she created an online course. And I'm going, maybe that wasn't the best, you know, uh, match for, yeah. for who your intended audience was. So I really encourage people to understand, it's just like if you're doing, you know, uh, marketing, if you're doing, you know, developing your business, you know, when you do your market research, it's the same thing with a course, understand who your audience is, what they want, what they need, and then marry that with what you think they need to know because you are the expert. So you have to have those sort of, um, you know, the needs, you know, we call it a needs assessment, but you have to know that, you know, there are your, your needs as an expert. And then you also have to marry that with the needs of and wants of your audience. Right. So it really comes back to market research. Absolutely. Which something that we're hearing, at least I'm hearing, I'm hearing more and more about the importance of market research. And I fall into the same trap as every other entrepreneur out there. I don't like to do market research. No, we, I know it's hard, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I create courses and workshops because somebody says to me, oh, I'd like to have a workshop on mm -hmm. Hootsuite. So I create a course on Hootsuite, but I don't really know if there's a big market out there for that. 
That's right. And, and it's not only just the market for it, it is understanding who your audience, um, what is their pain points? Like, why do they struggle with, say, for instance, you know, having uh, some sort of, uh, you know, social marketer, social marketing scheduler or whatever? Like, why, you know, what is their struggle with that? Why would it be important to them? Uh, and understanding also, I, I think this is big, it's understanding how they like to learn, where they like to learn, where they are already. And is this something that you can, you can teach? Is it trainable? Sometimes it's just information that we can provide our clients uh, with um, that's much easier. It could be done in a blog or a video. Does it have to be a course? So you have to understand that aspect of for your audience. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you see any, are, are there any trends? I'm hearing, I hear some trends about courses, but are you hearing any trends? Are we trending more online, less online? So I think in the last, you know, few years, everything went online. Like everybody had an online course, every business, everything was done through e-learning. And what I'm hearing is that people are done. <laughs> they, they are missing the social aspect of it, mm -hmm. right? Um, we are social beings. We learn, yes, we can, we, we can learn individually, but we learn more effectively when we learn with others. And I mm -hmm. think we're starting to see that sort of, I don't want to say, backlash, more of a pushback of saying, I don't want to be just constantly on my computer screen, right? So I think having, knowing this about your audience and having that, um, and you can maybe have a more of a blended approach is more effective, but I think that's big is changing. The other thing in the world of training, um, which may or may not be, um, you know, applicable to some of your viewers are, but it is work integrated learning people mm -hmm. want to learn as they're doing their job, right? So they don't necessarily want to take a course. They want to be able to just go and do, uh, learn from watching someone else or actually be given a, 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 you know, a, a task and then learning as they do it. So I think as people who uh, work with, you know, our various clients, we need to be really um, thinking about how we can integrate some of that, those trends into, what we give to, uh, you know, when we teach or when we train or, you know, offer, offer that yeah. kind of content. I, I would say, so we, I, you know, I, I just mm -hmm. finished a course this morning and we had our feedback session. And that's one of the things that we talked about um, that there was a question of, well, could this be delivered online in the future? And the feedback was kind of, well, no, because people like getting together. They like, yeah. and we talked, uh, we talked about the fact that one of the best parts of the course was were the times when we would talk about one person's specific struggle, pain point, issue, yeah. idea, and all brainstorm. And yep. you'd have 12 people working on one person's problem and 12 perspectives and how much you can learn from doing that kind of brainstorming. Yeah. That's Absolutely. Yeah. You can't always get, well, you can't get in a straight online course. You might get in an online, a blended program. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And I think people are really starting to um, come back to that. I think they're for the for the longest time, you know, people were just like, oh, I can sign up and do it on my own. And that's and that's valuable for a lot of people that works. Um, it, it's it's helpful in certain circumstance. 
But I think if you're trying to um, master skills, if you're trying to, you know, um, problem solve, it is so much easier to do when you have other people to, uh, you know, bounce ideas off of and get that input back and forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the most fun for me too, is when yeah. people all kind of say, well, what about this? And what about that? And maybe you could do this activity for your course. And, you know, this kind of handout would be really helpful and mm -hmm. things like that. Personally, that's the part of any course that I enjoy the most is the brainstorming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I would agree with you on that. Yeah. So tell me, tell me about social media for your business. How, how are you using social media to move your business forward? Okay. So I think for me, social media, like my business, was sort of something that I go, hmm, I guess I need to get on the bandwagon. Um, am I the most proficient in social media? Not necessarily. But um, what's worked for me um, is just making sure that I'm visible and that I have content out there that people can use. And I think... Um, one of the challenges I have with social media is that, you know, as my, as my business gets busier, you know, those are the times that you may not see me on social media as much, right? Because I'm concerned with other things. And then I go, Oh my gosh, I've ignored my social media. So I need to, uh, you know, I, I, um, you know, I try to get things in place and schedules and, and, you know, we use some, some, some of the tools to, to pre-program some stuff. But I think for me, it's been huge in brand recognition. I know now when I walk into a room, people go, why do I know you? Or I've heard your name. You're the course lady. And that, and I, a lot of that is because of social media, just being out there. I also use social media for my own benefit. And that is to make sure that I'm learning from people who know more about what I do than I do or have a different perspective. So for me, uh, you know, following the people that are um, doing the research and, you know, are working in different uh, industries and learning about their best practices. That's vital for me for, because for me to teach somebody, I have to stay current and social media for me uh, is the most effective way to do that. I have like, you know, on Twitter, I have a list that I, you know, that are all learning and development people that are out in the field doing it. And I, they're the ones that I, I learn from. So I think that, you know, is one of the, one of the ways that I um, really enjoy using for social media. I love that you brought that up as an example, because a lot of times, especially when it comes to Twitter, people, people assume, or they, they think that social media is all about broadcasting your messages and it shouldn't be, mm -hmm. especially with Twitter, people don't until they really get into it, don't understand that even if you never put out a single message on Twitter, you can use it for your own market research or your own education. Yeah, you can be you can link up with pretty much anybody in the world yeah. who's on there, obviously, but experts in any field, they're yeah. having conversations. And even if they're not having conversations, if they're just broadcasting, they're broadcasting their stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good place to go and find those experts and keep current and find out about new things that you may not have had any other way to find out. Right. Yeah. You know, I like, I mean, I, I, I advertise my content and, you know, my blogs and stuff like that, but I, I use social media, I think more for my own learning. 
and interaction with other people and engagement. Mm -hmm. And that to me is, is the exciting thing about social media, right? Is, is, you know, having those conversations with somebody in Australia and, and being able to say, oh, take their learnings and, and incorporate it. So that when I'm teaching a room full of people or I'm online, you know, this is, this is current, this is, you know, try this, right? Cause it's working in other places. So I think for me, that's the exciting thing about social media. Yeah, absolutely. Which platform is your favorite? I think, uh, I think for me, Twitter is, is one of my favorites for engagement. You know, mm -hmm. you know, I can get in trouble. <laughs> I, have, I, I, I can get into the Twitter rant and then like, oh my God, moments like, you know, really, I can't believe anyone just did that or said that. But, you know, I think it, I do enjoy it for the instant engagement. Um, but I also, uh, I appreciate LinkedIn. Uh, just again, for those, um, for following, you know, influencers, for following people that are doing, you know, great things and just for the professional aspect of it. Yeah. I think those are my two Facebook. I use it more for personal reasons than I do business, but, and Inst and I'm on Instagram, not, and you know, it's again, Instagram, I started out as, you know, just as like, oh, I'll just take some photos, right? But, you know, it's it's just sharing my life so that people just get to know who I am as a person. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's why I asked the question, because everybody's got a different answer. And mm -hmm. I'm always happy when somebody says Twitter is their favorite, because Twitter is still my favorite. I yeah. still Twitter because you can go on there and have conversations with anybody. And it feels much more spontaneous and instant. Yeah. And Facebook or Instagram, like you can actually have those conversations back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. And I do love, although I don't have a lot of conversations currently with people very far away, mm -hmm. um, I do love the ability to, to do that and build relationships. So, yeah. for example, when um, Stacey Maynard came to Social Media Day Halifax from, from Ontario, when she walked up to me at the conference and I saw her for the first time, I went, Oh my God, I feel like I know you. Yeah. We felt like we had known each other for years because we'd been talking online. And I think that's one of the benefits that so many people miss when they don't engage in the social aspect of social media. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, I think the other thing I like about Twitter is that you you get to you know, it's so easy, you can search it so easily using hashtags, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're looking for information on a certain topic, or an event, you just hashtag it, and then it's all there for you. And I like that convenience of it. And, you know, some of, you know, um, this is a personal note, not necessarily, but you know, some of my favorite shows like This Is Us, right? I love, you know, <laughs> um, after I've watched the episode, of course, you know, I'll go in and see what all, you know, what everyone else was thinking about that episode. And to me, that's, yeah. that's so neat, right? That we have that, you know, ability to do that. And you can do that, you know, to learn and or to, you know, share, you know, teach someone else, right? Yeah, it's funny. I, as much as I love Twitter, I don't follow shows that way. I don't. Um, Sometimes I used to, I used to pull up the second screen and sort of be watching the Twitter feed for the Academy Awards or something yeah. like that. But um, I guess I stopped doing it because <laughs> I don't have cable. Okay. So we often are watching things after they've broadcast. And when you're following that stuff online, you get a lot of spoilers. Yeah, yeah. 
So I think that's probably why I stopped following a lot of the TV conversations, but it's, it is interesting to go on there and get all the different perspectives of a really good show like This Is Us or to pick up all the things that you didn't pick up from the Academy Awards and why so-and-so was wearing a orange ribbon or whatever. Right. Um, the conversations happening on Twitter are really interesting. Yeah. And, you know, really, it's that's all a part of our learning, too. Right. Like people don't think about it as learning, you know, and people say, I don't have time to learn. Yeah, you do. You know, but you, you can you can figure out different ways, you know, whether it's, you know, that check check in to see what's going on on a certain topic to, you know, really starting to follow somebody and having those engaging conversations. That's all about learning. And and, you know, um, you can always translate translate that back into teaching what you know with your own clients because you have just broadened your perspective on a topic and I think as anyone who who wants to teach train facilitate you need to stay abreast because if things are changing so constant you know rapidly like you know social media is not you know a year ago is not the same as it is today right so and, and it's every industry. So I think we need to be much more aware of, you know, how stagnant our own information is so that we are um, providing the newest and latest to our clients. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what would be your number one tip if, if a business was just starting up and you happen mm -hmm. to be somebody they were talking to at networking, let's say, mm -hmm. you like social media? Well, uh, what would you say to that person to encourage them maybe to get started or what would be your number one tip for somebody starting out in social media? Uh, well, yeah, you know what? I think, you know, just do it. Like, you know, don't be afraid of it. I think people, I know when I first started, I, <laughs> I don't know if I have anything to say and now I don't, I think I have too much, but um, you know, I think you just need to do it and not worry about it. You know, as long as you're being true to yourself, true to your brand, there are no bad social, well, there, there can be, but, you know, I think you have to, you know, as long as you're, you know, aware of who you are and, and, you know, be kind. I always say that, you know, do, do, do good on, on those, on social media. And I also think, you know, think about your content, what you, you know, have a, some sort of plan, you know, and I, think about, you know, how you can sort of build on, you know, start with basic stuff. And then as you get a following, you know, then you can start building on some more elaborate stuff, but, you know, just, just be basic. It doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> I tell people all the time, don't compare, you know, if you're just starting out in social media, don't compare where you are right now to where I am or where Sandra is or Janet yeah. watching where Janet is, because we've been at it for five, six, eight, ten 10 years. Right. So had time to develop a lot of this stuff, a lot of the content, a lot of the processes. But what you should do is look at, not that it's easy to do, but look at where we were when we started and yeah. what we did then and figure out what works for you. Yeah. So I, 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 it's really hard for people who are just starting out to look at maybe somebody in their industry who is an expert who has a whole team of people helping oh, them yeah. and yeah. they're putting out all this stuff everywhere. And I mean, I fall into that too. I look at a Marie Forleo or an Amy Porterfield and they have a team. Absolutely. Why can't they? 
<laughs> but, you know, and I think, you know, that's an important piece because, you know, if you're doing it yourself, you can only do so much, right? So you have to, it's where your, you know, your level of priorities are. And, you know, social media presence is important, but if your client isn't on social media, right, you have to understand that too, right? If your client isn't necessarily on social media and they're not following you, like, you know, they're not the ones that are going to, oh, I'm going to follow Anita, right? Then, you know, your, your activity, your business development activity could maybe be spent, you know, elsewhere. But social media, I think for me, it, it has been important to create that sense of you know oh there is somebody here in the city that know, knows about this right so it's it's great and all of them can do this but i find twitter especially when you walk into any networking event in this city i mean how mm -hmm. is small enough that this yeah. is true you walk into any networking event there's going to be at least one other twitter person in that room who you've probably had conversations with and Absolutely. you're going to recognize each other from twitter yep so, you know, I just went to a networking event downtown last night. I walked in the room and my first initial, my initial reaction was, wow, I know nobody in this room, yeah. which was surprising for me. But then as I looked around, I started to pick out faces, yeah. and, you know, and people that I've never met before, but I've had great conversations with online. Yeah. So yeah. it's fun that way. Yeah. And I think too, if you, if you travel, um, like to conferences, uh, and, uh, I, I know somebody, um, here in the city, I didn't know him before I was at, a, we were both at a conference in Toronto and we were tweeting back and forth at each other. And, <laughs> and then it was like, we're both from Halifax. Right. And it was just that whole, oh, wow. So then, you know, we've, we've become good friends and colleagues since then, but it was that whole, you know, finding each other on Twitter because we were tweeting the same things about the conference. And it was, you know, that, you know, it was just that, you know, a moment going, oh, wow. But, you know, I think that's what social media allows you to do, right, is to engage people and create those relationships and just um, just learn, learn from each other. But also, you know, it, it can be really fun. Like, it, I find it fun. Yeah. Yeah. So one more question about sure. social media. Uh, what do you do? You use any tools to help you manage it? Or are you straight to Facebook and straight to Twitter? <laughs> so I do I use buffer for my Twitter feed. So um, so one of the things I do, I, I use pocket. So I use Google a Chrome and I use pocket. So as really great articles are popping up on my tabs, I, I, I will, um, I'll buffer them. So I'll just automatically will put them into my, my Twitter feed, mm -hmm. uh, which is great. And, and Facebook, I, I do schedule for the weeks ahead and, but I don't LinkedIn. I try to, I'm very organic about LinkedIn and Twitter. Again, I do have stuff scheduled, but I, again, I'm very much all oh, like, <laughs> I'll see or something or read something or see something and I'll, I'll, I'll go in and tweet. So I'm very, very much live on Twitter a lot. So, so buffer and pocket are the two. Pocket. Oh my gosh. Pocket. I don't know how I live without pocket. <laughs> I, you know, I always ask this question. Well, I haven't asked it on every episode, but mm -hmm. I like to ask this question to people to find out what they're using. Sometimes I find out about things I've never heard before mm -hmm. and I have to go check them out. Uh, but pockets one that I've never really gotten into using. Okay. So 
what is it about Pocket that you like? So I like Pocket for a couple of reasons. Um, because you can put it, you know, the extension right on your on your taskbar, and it's like you see an article, you see something or video, you just hit <laughs> add to Pocket, and it's saved. And the other thing about Pocket is that you don't have to necessarily be online. So if you're on an air air flight and you have some articles that you haven't that you haven't had a chance to read, uh, you can pull them up and read them. So that I really appreciate about Pocket, and you can organize it and stuff like that. But it was just one of those things I found by accident. I'm going, why aren't I using? <laughs> why aren't I using this? <laughs> and yeah, so for me, because I am constantly researching, looking at stuff, and I am, you know, a lifelong learner, I'm always reading. It, it just helped me manage some of the stuff so that I didn't lose it into an endless world of, of you know, bookmarks and, and stuff like that. So. Yeah, the bookmark thing is is difficult. Every time I get a new computer, which I was just yep. explaining in my class today that, you know, for me, somebody who uses a laptop for 18, 20 hours a day sometimes because they're on constantly, my laptops only last three years. Yeah. <laughs> they don't last very long. So I've had, this is my fourth laptop since I started business. Every time it goes, my bookmarks are gone. So yeah. I find a better system for that. Maybe, yeah. I don't know if Pocket would help with that, but. Yeah. I mean, it, it's great for capturing things that, you know, you want to read or that you, that really were valuable. You say, oh, I want to keep that in a, mm -hmm. in a nice, nice, safe place. So in a safe place. Yeah. That you don't lose, like I, you know, cause I, 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 I don't know about you, but I'll, I'll read something and I, if I don't save it, then I'll go, where was that? And then I'm trying to find it again <laughs> and I'm going through history. Like, yeah. 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 I started doing that with Evernote for a while. I, I, yeah. I I want to be a fan of Evernote. I'm not. I'm not a fan, but I keep trying, darn it. I mean, it seems like such a good program and I just can't get into the habit of using it efficiently, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I am, you know, there is, I think I am part of that, you know, generation that, you know, has embraced technology, but not, is not necessarily as a, efficient on technology so I'm still very much a paper <laughs> kind of gal and um, you know post-it notes are my thing and stuff like that but yeah. uh, you know I, I tried Evernote I didn't I didn't go back I just find it cumbersome when I can just write it down on a on my on a pad that's beside my computer right so yeah that's, that's me I just never yeah I never really saw the benefit of it over word or yeah, all the other things I was using. So um, Kim just commented here on Facebook that she uses a program called Toby. So Toby. it's at Toby.com instead of bookmarks. Oh, so, okay. Uh, and it's free. I'll have to go check that one out and see. If yeah. that... I used to years ago use, um, oh God, now it's just gone from my mind. All I can think of is Evernote, but it was an, an online bookmark system. I want to say dig. That doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But there was an online bookmarking program that I used for a while, but I seem to have yeah. got it. Um, oh, she says get Toby is an extension for okay. for her for the browsers. Um, and then Janet had a question a while back, but we had kind of moved on to social media. Okay. She's asking um, with in-person training. Oh, sorry, in-person training helps with accountability. How can you put some accountability into online courses? Okay, this is a really good 
good question because um, one of the things that um, has been proven is that people uh, less than you know 15, I for different statistics, but less than 15% in general don't complete online courses. Right. And one of the reasons is that there isn't any accountability. Mm. One of the suggestions is, is that, you know, it, you have some sort of live component that people need to show up for. And that can be a discussion, a group project, something that they have to be accountable to their peers. And, you know, and having that expectation right up front when you're advertising your course that this is part of part of the content and the activities that you want to do and the why behind it again, you know, this because we want people to learn from each other and, and to, you know, all, all those reasons that we stated before. But that's one really great way of, of having some sort of accountability to um, it, not necessarily to you. But, you know, people are much more accountable when they think it's their peers, right? But, you know, if I'm working on something or, you know, we, you, you build in some sort of, you know, you go research it and come back and present to the group, right? Mm -hmm. That, again, is accountability. All good learning, all using helping adults, you know, with their self-directed and self-motivated and finding topics and, and things that interest them. But it, it means bringing them back as a group um, online. Um, and to share what they know, whether, you know, they, they write up, you know, it's on a discussion board or they, you know, have a, an attachment, you know, a, a document that you can, this is some of the things I found out, but those kind of things will um, make people much more, um, you know, dedicated. And it also helps with their learning. And it also makes your job easier because I think a lot of the times people who create courses and feel that they're facilitating courses have to provide all the content. They're the ones that, you know, because they're the subject matter expert, you know, I have to just keep talking and, and give everybody. And, you know, that's important to share what you, what you know about something. But I think the, the value in helping people solve some problems on their own and bring their expertise and what they know really enriches their own learning and as well as the learning of the group. So mm -hmm. that's just one suggestion for, for online. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of, um, I tend to call them programs instead of courses when they involve yep. that. And I don't know if that's common or if that's just my way of keeping them straight. But to me, a, a program is one where, you know, you have a module, it might be a video that you go self-study and then then there's office hours or discussion yeah. or brainstorming or something else that you participate in live. Mm -hmm. So to me, I've been calling that a program, whereas yeah. a course is just completely self-directed. And like I said, that's probably just my own definition, mm -hmm. but I like the programs that have the uh, live components. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, um, Anytime, and maybe, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think program courses can be interrelated. Uh, you know, there are all these little nuances, right? Like, so let's, let's not get too caught up on that. But I think, first of all, there's so many programs out there or courses, like there's, th there's, th like there's thousands of them, right? Um, in all different platforms, usually people will take them um, because they're one very interested in the topic or they want to take it with you. So mm -hmm. if they know you or they follow you or, you know, on social media and they trust you and they think you have a lot to, they, they can learn from you, they want to interact with you somehow. 
right? So yeah, it's great to watch your videos and go through your content, you know, your activities on like on a self-directed, never talking to you sort of thing, but people really appreciate um, <clears throat> your interaction with you, right? Yeah. So whether it's doing a live Facebook live, um, you know, or saying, you know, I'm here like on a Friday afternoon on our, you know, our private page, come in, we can interact, you know, having some sort of interaction is always beneficial. Right. Absolutely. I agree. And well, that's a great place for us to, to finish off. I think okay. um, I actually, so I have a webinar coming up that I hope people will join me on. That one's coming up on December 11th. It will be delivered through Zoom. So let's hope the Zoom gods uh, like me that day because it'll be my first Zoom webinar. And that one is called uh, How to Build an Evergreen Content Plan That Looks and Sounds Like You. So no more cookie cutters. Let's work together. And it's a, a heavy, the reason I bring it up, my show I can promote, selfless, shameless self-promotion. But also because it has a heavy interactive component to it. So I'm going to talk to you about how to put a, an evergreen content plan together, but also we're going to put each person in the spotlight and say, okay, what's your content? How can we build that out into something that you can leverage into more content to save you time in the long run? So I've built that spotlight. I'm calling it spotlight because hot seat sounds hot. <laughs> So <laughs> I like spotlight. I, I like that. Yeah. Spotlight each participant for a bit and, and really give them that interaction because I think that is the part that people get the most out of sometimes. So that one's coming up on December 11th. If you want more information about uh, that webinar with me, it, it, you can find the information on twerp.ca under the workshops tab, or there is an event on my Facebook page as well. So thank you to Sandra for joining me today to talk about courses and online and workshops and all of this and, and to reiterate that Twitter is the best platform. Yeah. <laughs> thank what you. For yeah. <laughs> um, uh, if you're, if anybody else who's listening is interested in being featured on the Halliblab, please send me a message and let me know. You can find me on any of the social networks, of course, or you can drop me an email at info at twerp.ca. And uh, I will see you here next Friday with another interesting local business owner to interview. So we'll see you next week. Stay Thank safe you. Halifax. See ya. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening this week. You can catch the Halliblab live every Friday at 1.30 p.m. Atlantic, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, on the Twerp Communications Facebook page or catch the replay on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. You can go to twerp.ca for links to everything we mentioned in this episode. And while you're there, you'll probably want to grab one of the freebies available to help small businesses manage their own social media marketing. If you run a small business in the Halifax area and you'd like to be featured on Halliblab, we would love to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at twerp.ca. That's info at twirp.ca. Talk to you next week.